Just a quick heads up that I am currently on maternity leave, which means that the Fertility Co podcast is taking a break. But please don't panic because I'm already working on some exciting things behind the scenes. And when I come back, I'm really looking forward to sharing with you a brand new, completely free mini course all about ovulation and finding your fertile window. In the meantime, there are still heaps of ways that you can continue to learn about your fertility and your menstrual cycle while I take a break. If you're just getting started with charting your cycle, you can check out my free fertility roadmap. If you want to dive deeper and learn exactly when you're ovulating, then you can watch my Fix Your Fertility Masterclass. There is, of course, also my Conceive with Confidence workshop series and, of course, my flagship online program, Fertility School. If you want individualized support from a trained fertility educator, that's me, then you can book in to my wait list for a one-on-one consult. And I would love to work with you to achieve your fertility goals in 2024. Spots are strictly limited though, and links to all of those resources are in the show notes. In this episode, we're talking about the five preconception health checks you need to be having before you even think about making a baby. Rachel, and I am obsessed with all things periods, pregnancy, pelvic floor, and helping women just like you to navigate all of life's major milestones. I'm a physiotherapist and natural fertility educator, and my passion is teaching women how to take control of their health. Fertility, pregnancy, nutrition, and menstrual cycle health, we'll dive deep into all of it right here. All those questions you've been secretly Googling, all those things you're too embarrassed to ask your doctor, because, well, we're women. Shouldn't we just know this? stuff so get comfy and get ready to finally have all of your questions answered hit subscribe now and let me teach you what they never taught us in health class you're listening to the mana women's wellness podcast want to say goodbye to hormonal contraceptives and their weird and unpleasant side effects want to improve your chances of conceiving quickly and naturally sounds like you need my fertility roadmap my simple three-step system to understanding your body's natural fertile signs and pinpointing ovulation day so that you can use this knowledge to achieve or avoid pregnancy to grab your free copy head over to manawomenswellness.com forward slash roadmap Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 29 of the Manor Women's Wellness Podcast. My name is Rachel, and today we are talking about the five health checks you need to do before getting pregnant. And if you're listening to this because you've decided it's time to start a family or grow your family, then congratulations. I am so excited for the journey that you are about to embark on, and I really hope that this episode will give you some guidance about how to get started. So you're getting a sneak peek here about one of the things on my list, but if you want to learn more about how to get the timing right and when is the right time of the month to actually make that baby, then you might want to check out my free fertility roadmap, which is my simple three-step system to understanding your body's natural fertile signs so that you can identify when during your menstrual cycle you're fertile so you can confirm ovulation and actually know how to maximize your chances of conceiving. And the research says when you know this stuff and when you use fertility awareness to help you conceive, on average, you'll be successful in half the time compared to a couple that crosses their fingers and hopes for the best. And when you're on a timeline, that knowledge is a game changer. And so here's why you need to plan ahead. 
most of us will spend the majority of our lives actively avoiding pregnancy. So when the time finally arrives that you actually want to make a baby, it can feel a bit weird because it's this huge momentous thing that is finally happening to you. It's not a decision to make on a whim. And like all good things in life, it certainly does take a little bit of thought and planning ahead. In this case, planning ahead at least three months. And if you're someone who finds herself saying, I'll get healthy when I get pregnant, I'll cut out that bad habit when I'm pregnant. Well, this episode is especially for you because you really do need to start making healthy lifestyle changes before you get pregnant. Three months to be exact, because giving yourself a three-month window allows you to improve the quality of your eggs and for your man to improve the quality of his sperm. So why three months? No, this isn't just an arbitrary number that I plucked from the sky. There is a reason why three months is the minimum magical time frame. It takes 90 days for an egg to mature inside the follicles in the ovary before it is released at ovulation. This means that you can significantly improve the quality of your eggs within this three-month window. This time frame also allows you to balance hormones, regulate your menstrual cycle and other potential issues that could be going on to get you in the best possible position for pregnancy. For the boys, this three-month window is just as important. So most men will produce millions of sperm every single day, but it takes 74 days or about two and a half to three months for these sperm cells to fully mature. By making lifestyle changes in the three months before actively trying to conceive, you're making sure that your man has a stock of healthy, high-quality, mature sperm and that you're creating the healthiest possible environment that encourages a fertilized egg to implant and develop into your beautiful growing baby. And so, number one, you need to book a doctor's appointment. Once you and your partner make that decision, or maybe you're deciding to go it alone with reproductive technology, it's time to make a doctor's appointment. Tell your doctor about your plans and you'll likely be sent off for a blood test. So you'll have the levels of your essential nutrients checked. So iron, iodine, folate, thyroid hormone levels to make sure that you're in the best possible position, not just to conceive, but to stay healthy throughout your pregnancy and not develop any nutritional deficiencies. Your immunity to different diseases will be screened by checking if you need a booster for any vaccines that you might have had in the past too. So in Australia, most girls are vaccinated against rubella or German measles as teenagers. And it's recommended that you check your immunity to these sorts of illnesses before falling pregnant because your antibody levels can reduce over time. That's pretty normal. If you've been in contact with anyone who has rubella, you really need to consult your doctor immediately. So during the first trimester, rubella can cause serious birth defects, including deafness, blindness, and heart disease. Now, this is also something that needs to be thought of because there are particular immunizations with live viruses that you can't have while pregnant, like measles, mumps, and yellow fever. And you'll need to check if you need these vaccinations before getting pregnant. Your doctor will likely also recommend a high-quality prenatal vitamin, again, to make sure you're getting all of the required nutrients. It's really important not to skip this in the planning phase because you really want to allow yourself time to have a really thorough health check and follow up and address anything that might come up before you're already pregnant. You'll be growing a human from the tissues and the nutrients in your own body. So you want to make sure that you have everything you need to grow that tiny human without depleting your own levels so that you feel exhausted and unwell for the next nine months. 
Okay, so step number two is to eliminate your exposure to nasties. So this step is really about reducing or eliminating where possible your exposure to toxins in your environment. We've got the obvious ones like cigarette smoke and alcohol and some less obvious ones too. So we'll start with the big ones. Alcohol, it can creates significant hormonal imbalance and the buildup of toxins that it creates increases your estrogen levels while reducing your progesterone levels. So high levels of estrogen can lead to a very wonky menstrual cycle and lowered progesterone can make it more difficult for your fertilized egg to implant in your uterus and also increases your risk of miscarriage. Consumption of one or more standard drinks a day can reduce your chances of conceiving. So it's really recommended that any woman planning a pregnancy should avoid drinking alcohol because of the potential impact that it can have on a fetus in that time frame when she doesn't yet know she's pregnant. Male sperm can also be affected by alcohol consumption too. So alcohol disrupts blood glucose levels, which in turn can damage sperm cells and destroy folate, which men need too. Fathers that drink heavily during the month before conception have shown to have lower birth weight babies, and this can impact the infant's growth and development throughout their life too. I talked about the effects of caffeine on your fertility and on your partner's sperm quality in episode 25, but in a nutshell, caffeine found in coffee, chocolate, tea, and cola drinks affects your absorption of iron. It's also a diuretic that can flush calcium and other key nutrients out of your system before they can be properly absorbed. Now, many women will have low iron levels anyway during pregnancy because of changes in blood volume and the cardiovascular system, so it is recommended that caffeine is avoided where possible. Next, we have the hormone disruptors or the xenoestrogens that I covered in an alarming amount of detail in episode 24. So xenoestrogens, also known as exogenous estrogens, are natural or synthetic substances in the environment that imitate estrogen when they enter the body. So their effects block the function of the body's estrogen and lead to hormonal imbalance that can disrupt the menstrual cycle and ovulation. These hormone disruptors are found in many household cleaning products and most products that contain the word fragrance. So any sort of added fragrance on the ingredients list, chances are you've got a hormone disruptor in there. Now, you can also find them in skincare and makeup, food storage and plastics. If you want to learn more about them and how to reduce your exposure, then give episode number 24 a listen. I'll include a link to this one as well as the episode I did about caffeine in the show notes at manawomenswellness.com forward slash 29. Okay, number three of your preconception health check, preconception nutrition. Now, the growth of the placenta and the fetus are most vulnerable to maternal nutrition during the time of implantation. So a preconception diet is absolutely essential to prepare the body for those early stages of pregnancy. The first two weeks of conception is a phase of really rapid development, and this tends to be before a woman actually knows she's pregnant. Now, if I talked about the essentials of human nutrition before we even factor in pregnancy, we would be here all day. So there are four nutrients in particular that I want to cover in this episode. 
The first is folate. So folate is an essential nutrient in those first few weeks of fetal growth, and it is one of the most important nutrients to take before getting pregnant. Now, folate assists in the development of fetal tissues into organs, as well as the formation of baby's DNA. The supplement form of folate is folic acid, and you need to be taking at least 400 milligrams at least one month before conception and during the first trimester of pregnancy. But again, I say a minimum of three months is best. Folate can't be stored in the body, so you need to get it from your diet every day from foods like leafy green vegetables, fortified cereals, oranges, strawberries, beans, and nuts. Folate is especially important in the first 25 days after conception, when the neural tube that will later form the brain and the spinal cord begins to develop. The spine forms inside the neural tube. However, in cases like spina bifida, the tube does not close properly. It doesn't properly enclose the spine, and this can cause paralysis. So this is why preconception health is so important, because in those first six weeks when the neural tube is developing, most women don't even know they're pregnant. So by the time you take a positive pregnancy test and decide to boost your intake of folate or take a folic acid supplement, the window for neural tube development has already been and gone. Welcome to the Alchemy of Natural Healing. I'm your host, Laurel Dewey. True healing is an alchemical process, meaning it must transform you on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. What affects one affects all three. True healing is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever travel, but it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling when you get to meet yourself for the first time. If you're ready to take that journey, let's get started. thyroid gland needs iodine to produce hormones essential for body thermoregulation, breakdown of macronutrients, production of growth hormones, and development of the central nervous system. Iodine deficiency at critical periods of development can lead to irreversible neurological impairment of an infant. Now, the World Health Organization says that iodine deficiency is the greatest cause of preventable brain damage in childhood. So, If you're trying to conceive, you should aim to consume 150 micrograms of iodine per day. And it's found in dairy products and iodized salts. So here's when a sprinkle of iodine fortified salt is good to sprinkle on the top of your meals. Next, we have iron. So women with low iron do have more difficulty getting pregnant than women with adequate iron stores. Iron carries oxygen in the blood to the body cells via the protein hemoglobin, and so it's essential for transporting oxygen to baby during pregnancy. It also forms part of the protein myoglobin, which is the protein in muscles that provides the oxygen for muscle contraction. Iron is involved in energy production, respiration, so breathing, immune response, skin and nail growth, as well as bone development. So large amounts of iron in the body have been linked to cardiovascular disease, and this is often because of high consumption of red meat. Now, pregnant women, infants and young children might all need iron supplementation to maintain adequate levels. Newborns get the iron supply that they need for the first six months of life from their mum during pregnancy. They will not get iron through breastfeeding, and so iron stores must last until around six months of age where they begin to eat solid foods. 
Iron from supplements isn't as well absorbed as that from foods, but this can be improved when it's taken between meals. Constipation is a really common side effect from iron supplements too, so that's something to be prepared for. Now, dietary iron is found in two forms depending on its source. Animal sources provide heme iron, while non-heme iron is found in both plant and animal sources. So heme iron makes up about 10% of our daily intake, but it's more readily absorbed by the body than non-heme iron. This is why vegetarians often have iron deficiencies, because iron absorption from plant sources like cereals or leafy green vegetables is significantly lower than that from animal sources. So about 80% more iron is needed in vegetarian diets to get the same amount absorbed from meat. Females need about 12 to 16 milligrams of iron every day, and this is higher than males because of the iron that they lose through their blood during menstruation. So getting your iron levels checked as part of a preconception medical check is really important because iron deficiency during pregnancy can increase your baby's risk of being underweight or premature. Next on the list, we have selenium, and it's an essential nutrient for male fertility because of its role in testicular function and sperm synthesis, motility, and function. Selenium is an antioxidant, and it works with vitamin E to protect the lipids in cell membranes from damage by harmful free radicals, and it can also reduce the risk of some cancers. By protecting these cell membranes, for women, selenium can also reduce the risk of preeclampsia. The recommended daily intake of selenium for pregnant women is 65 micrograms. Lactating women need a little bit more, 75 micrograms, and all other women need about 60, so it's pretty standard across the board. Men need about 70 micrograms a day too. So food sources of selenium include seafood, Brazil nuts, wheat germ, cashews, barley, whole grains, and oats. So two or three Brazil nuts a day are enough to provide your daily selenium intake. So I always add a couple to my morning smoothie so I know that I've got that one covered. Like I said, I could talk for hours about nutrition for preconception and pregnancy. So if you want to know more, you can check out episode four of the podcast where I talk about my all-time favorite fertility superfoods, and they're all really easy food sources to add into your diet. So there's nothing overly unusual or complicated in there. You can also check out the Mana Guide to Pregnancy Nutrition over at my online store where I cover in great detail the basics of nutrition as well as preconception nutrition and nutrition throughout the whole nine months of pregnancy too. So that's over at the shop on manawomenswellness.com. Okay, step number four, exercise. So remember, ladies, I am a physio after all. So let's talk about exercise and why creating a regular exercise habit now will serve you and your baby through your pregnancy and beyond. So regular moderate intensity exercise is essential for a healthy lifestyle, regardless of whether or not you're trying to conceive. 75% of pregnant women don't get enough exercise. And so creating these new habits before getting pregnant will increase the likelihood that you will maintain them during your pregnancy, especially when you're feeling big and heavy and tired and experiencing morning sickness in that first trimester as well. Now, 20 to 30 minutes of moderate intensity exercise most days of the week has shown to have enormous benefits in helping your body cope with the increased demand of pregnancy on your muscles, your joints, your heart, and your lungs. Women that exercise often feel better about themselves and their changing body during pregnancy too. So try to get into a routine before getting pregnant. Starting a new exercise program when you're already pregnant or only working out occasionally will increase your risk of injury and it will reduce 
reduce the benefits that regular exercise provides. You need consistency here. Over-exercising, on the other hand, is not recommended for women planning to conceive. So excessive exercise or really high-intensity exercise can disrupt your hormone balance, and this can interfere with your menstrual cycle and ovulation. So in the event that you get pregnant, excessive exercise can also lead to overheating, which can impact on the development of your baby too. So excessive exercise is considered running the equivalent of about 15 kilometers every week. So something to consider there if you're a gym junkie. You should, of course, consult your doctor before starting a new program as well, or if you're new to exercise. If you do want to start a new workout program, then make sure it's designed to be continued during the early stages of pregnancy with no complications. When you do fall pregnant, talk to your doctor and get medical clearance before continuing with exercise to make sure that the exercises that you're doing are right for your needs. Once that morning sickness kicks in, you are highly unlikely to be motivated to start a new exercise habit. So set yourself up now while you're feeling good and you will be far more likely to stick to it during your pregnancy. So here are some of the benefits of exercising during pregnancy. It prevents complications like preeclampsia. You often have a shorter labor. It increases your chance of giving birth vaginally. It reduces your pregnancy aches and pains because your body is better able to cope It reduces constipation and fatigue. It helps you to maintain a healthy weight. It improves your sleep. It improves your self-esteem and the feeling that you have about your body during pregnancy because obviously it's going to change. It reduces your risk of depression and anxiety. It prepares your body and it also prepares your mind for the demands of childbirth. It makes it easier to get back into shape after giving birth. It helps you to manage your blood sugar levels and prevents things like gestational diabetes. It improves and maintains your muscle tone and it reduces leg cramps and swelling. As you can clearly see, there are a huge range of benefits of exercising during pregnancy and setting yourself up with good habits before you get pregnant is only going to help you during your pregnancy. So now we've arrived at the final item of your preconception checklist, and it's kind of an obvious one. I touched on this at the start of the episode, but if you want to get pregnant, you need to know when to have sex. Like I said, it sounds obvious, but there are so many couples out there who are blissfully unaware that not every woman ovulates on day 14, that you can't get pregnant on any old day of your cycle. In fact, 50% of couples who are referred on for infertility treatment have absolutely nothing wrong with them at all. They just have the timing wrong. And so if you're brand new to the podcast, welcome. But if you've been listening for a while, then I hope you would know that your body does give you really clear signs every menstrual cycle about when you're fertile and when pregnancy is possible. The most important sign is your cervical mucus, which changes throughout your menstrual cycle and becomes wet, slippery, and more obvious in your undies as you approach ovulation. When you see this mucus, sometimes it looks like raw egg white, sometimes it doesn't, but when you see this mucus, have sex. And have sex as often as you can, as close to ovulation as you can, to maximize your chances of one lucky sperm reaching and fertilizing the egg. If you have no idea what I'm talking about or you want to know more, have a listen to episodes one and two of the podcast where I cover the fundamentals of the menstrual cycle and what happens through each phase of the menstrual cycle beyond just bleeding. I also cover in detail the main fertile signs and what they mean for your fertility. 
If you're curious, I also have something pretty incredible coming out soon that will teach you all about your body's fertile signs. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast and follow me over on Mana Women's Wellness and Instagram so you know when it's ready for you to devour. If you want early access, VIP prices, all of that good stuff, grab your copy of the Fertility Roadmap that you can get at today's show notes so you can start receiving my weekly emails and you'll be the very first to know when this brand new awesome thing goes live. So you can grab the show notes at minorwomenswellness.com forward slash 29. All right, I've already said too much, so let's quickly recap what we've covered in this episode. First, we talked about the key areas to address with your doctor to make sure everything has been addressed before actually getting pregnant. We talked about how to reduce your exposure to potential nasties from smoking and alcohol to common household items that could be impacting your hormones. We talked about nutrition and the essential nutrients that you and your baby need for preconception and early pregnancy, focusing in particular on folate, iodine, iron, and for the boys, selenium. And finally, we talked about exercise and spending the next three months setting up a sustainable and enjoyable exercise habit that you can continue with throughout your pregnancy. You may now have identified areas of your lifestyle that possibly need some improving or tweaking before trying to conceive. So try not to feel too stressed or overwhelmed about these changes because ultimately they all relate to a healthy lifestyle, whether or not you're trying for a baby. So they can be sustained throughout your life to maintain health. Start out small and set some goals for the areas that you want to improve on. Don't take on everything at once. You will only set yourself up for failure and extra stress. Involve your partner your family and friends to keep you motivated. And most importantly, remember why you're doing it. You are hoping to give your future child the best possible start to life. I really hope you found this episode helpful. If you're on your preconception or fertility journey right now, I would love to hear from you. So DM me on Instagram and let me know the changes that you're making or you've already made to prepare yourself for pregnancy. If there's anything you want to know more about preparing for pregnancy, let me know and I'd love to answer your questions on an upcoming episode. So you can get today's show notes with everything I talked about in this episode, as well as links to freebies like the fertility roadmap over at manawomenswellness.com forward slash 29. I will see you in next week's episode. For those women still listening who do not want to get pregnant right now, we are talking about your options for non-hormonal birth control for that window of time between coming off hormonal contraception and when you're officially ready to start trying, maybe even during your three-month preconception window, as well as having a baby and beyond. Bye for now. And don't forget that knowledge is power. When you truly understand your body, you are empowered to make informed decisions and take control of your health. Until next time. If you've made it this far, you deserve a huge virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Mana Women's Wellness Podcast. New episodes are released every Wednesday, so make sure you hit subscribe now so you don't miss when the latest goes live. Why not make my day and leave me a quick rating and review while you're over there? If you want more, head on over to Instagram at Mana Women's Wellness, slide into my DMs and say hello, or you can visit manawomenswellness.com forward slash podcast for show notes and access to all of the freebies that I talked about in this episode. Until next time. Let's talk about 
TempDrop. TempDrop's wearable sensor and accompanying charting app brings the full fertility tracking solution right to your phone. Wear the TempDrop sensor on your upper arm during sleep and then just sync to the charting app whenever it's convenient for you. TempDrop believes that every woman should be empowered and equipped with the knowledge to take control of their body. Sound familiar? That's where TempDrop steps in to provide clear, science-backed technology to help you to better track your cycle. I only recommend products that I use and love, and I love my TempDrop tracker. You can get 10% off your tracker with the code AFFertilityCo or head to fertilityco.com.au forward slash TempDrop for more information.